1: The Fatherhoods fatherhood's Podcast. podcast. Beats, Beats, rhymes, and diapers.
2: diapers. This episode of The Fatherhoods Podcast is brought to you by Flydad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. This is KGB. What's going
0: on is DJ EFN.
2: Yo, what up? This is Manny Digital. Welcome to The Fatherhoods Podcast. What's up, gentlemen? (laughs) 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 I had a magnificent weekend, in case you guys give a shit. You were you were out, right, with the family? Yeah, we went up to um to Vermont. Uh so my family a few cousins of mine from uh Miami came up and well one cousin, her husband and, and their kids. And uh they usually try to get away in the winter for their kids winter break. No, I guess it's spring break for them. And they came up to Vermont and we just said, Fuck it, let's go. And we had we did really not much. We kinda just hung around you know, cabin fever style. But the kids were out in the snow and it was it was a lot of fun, man. We had a good little quiet time. How about you guys? Not not Bro, as exciting?
0: That's a great segue for me. <laughs> so I had a, a did you before I get into anything, Kether, how was your weekend? Uh
1: it was fine. You know, low key. Okay. Lots of basketball and karate and all that good stuff.
0: All right. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, me and my girl, we had a great weekend as well. Uh, probably too good of a weekend and, and without getting into specifics, I did want to ask you guys, you ever feel like you, you have a too good of a time where you feel you might've neglected your kids. Not that we did neglect our kid, but you just feel guilty that, that you kind of just weren't the parent that you should have been when you kind of go into like a fun mode yourself as an adult. If that makes any sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's just – I think
0: that is normal.
1: I think it's just part of the learning process of it all because, I mean, you know, we have to still be ourselves to a certain extent even though we're parents and feel like ourselves and try to do what we did. But I think part of it is just trying to figure out, like, how you, how you find the – I guess the middle ground of, like, all right – this is this is what I can do now that I'm a parent. This is what I can't do now that I'm a parent. Right. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. And and sometimes we we have to kind of learn by trial and error with like, oh, okay, this is this is not going to work. You know, like what whatever I just did is probably not the the way
0: to go the next time. But right. You, that... you just don't want the error to be something tragic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so. So that's where the guilt comes in, you know?
2: Yeah. I mean, it, but but to Kay's point, like, especially in your case, uh, E, you know, well, I guess in both of your cases, but Kay, your kid's a little older. Having your first kid, you just, I mean, it has to be, you know, your, how you start figuring shit out and like a how far thing. you, yeah, to, for better or worse, that's the reality. So you got to start to figure out, all right, if, if you're used to like, I don't know, going out to clubs every, you know, every weekend or what have you. You if you're if you're halfway of a decent parent, you probably start to feel a way about, you know, being away, you know, all hours of the night and your kid gets up throughout the night or what have you. So like right. you kinda have to start testing and understanding where your limits are. But it's I mean, it's part for the course. We I mean we have three kids and we stay making those kinds of mistakes all the time, you know? I mean nothing dramatic or crazy but you know you st- you. but in our case our kids actually tell us right so that's the benefit that we have is like They're if talking. they feel like yeah if, if they feel like we're sometimes we binge watch shows for example like this is like a mild version of, of this kind of shit and then we might be there for like three hours back to back to back in it and then whatever. one of them will come over and be like you know can, can I play with you whatever and this is like not child appropriate shit so we're like alright that's enough. We gotta cut the shit. So it all really kind of, you know, depends. I don't know. Okay, you, you go through some of that shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, but I also want to say, just like the guilty feeling itself.
0: I mean, have you that, have you guys had that though? That issue where you have like a ser- serious guilt. Yeah, about no, I, yeah, know, no, an yeah, occasion an event or something.
1: Yeah, I can't even remember. I can't even recall like the exact thing, but there's definite. There's been definite times where both my wife and I, you know, either collectively or just on some separate stuff, where it's like, ah, oh, man, you know, I, I feel like I didn't, you know, I wasn't uh, the best parent I could have been, or I, you know, I should have handled these things differently. And um, I think that if we don't feel that way, then there's an issue, right? Like the guilty feeling that you're feeling is a good thing. And that means that your mind is in the right place because you're, you're, Looking inside yourself and saying, "All right, wait a second. You know, I wanna, I wanna do better, and I wanna be a, a, you know, a good parent." So it's the, the scary folks are the ones that, you know, will do all kinds of dumb shit and don't, um, and you know, don't have Feel any kind of, yeah, don't acknowledge it. For yeah, themselves. yeah.
2: I mean, a good, a a good example of something, and we talked about this a little bit before, is like. Like, this weekend, I was smoking a couple of cigars with, with my cousin's husband.
0: I thought you were about to say some blunts. I was like, <laughs>
2: nah, nah, but that, that is the segue I'm going to go to afterwards. Oh, but, but we're, you know, we're smoking these cigars, and my kids, you know, they're, they're socialized to think that anything smoke-related is bad for you, which is, right? It's, it's normal. That's correct. And they look at me with this, like, fear. Like, fear for, fearful of me no longer being around when they see me doing this. And I got to explain to them, it's like, you know, yeah, it's not good, but I'm not doing it every day. And this is a lot better if you have to compare it to like cigarettes. Cause the way they look at the world is from the chaos that cigarettes cause. And I feel a sense of guilt sometimes because they're looking at me with this like disapproval face. And it kind of goes against a lot of the things that I talk about outside of smoking. Cause they know me to be somebody who, is really tries to be very health conscious and tries to give them the best advice possible but then when they see me do that it's conflicting and it kind of causes me to pause to be like fuck I'm I'm saying one thing but then in this case I'm doing you know something opposed to what they're used to right
1: yeah and with younger kids it's harder because they're not they don't really have any context to any any of like looking at what you're doing and thinking whether it's bad or good or any of that. You know, when they start getting a little older and then and like if they're learning things at school or even the stuff that you know, us as parents are teaching them, then they start making their own judgment calls and you know can either make you feel guilty or not about certain things.
2: But like you know, as you mentioned earlier, like the weed, right? So. There's a lot of parents especially you know as you see around hip hop that that smoke but I'm always I'm always wondering how that gets introduced to their kid cuz in some cases you hear they have their kids kind of be a part of their not necessarily sharing smoking with them but like but just being around them. it yeah expose them to the fact that their you know their dad or their mom does it yeah and and that becomes, for me, conflicting as hell, because I don't even know how you do that. To matter, yeah. What's your thoughts? Yeah, that one's, that
1: one's a head-scratcher for me, too, because, you know, it's like... I, For me, I don't think there's a big difference between weed and alcohol, um, but I think just the way you consume it is that there's kind of a big difference just on from a kid perception. I mean, when I was a kid... Um, you know, I used to see like my mom and her friends and, you know, they, they were growing weed, they're smoking, they're doing, you know, and I can't remember specifically if I saw my mom smoking, but I know that like her boyfriends and, you know, the friend, my, you know, my, my friends and their parents, you know, they, I was always finding it everywhere. Um, and, and yeah,
0: so I don't, I don't. I don't it know. becomes also for some people like a cultural thing. Like some people either pretend to feel like, oh, well, it's like a I'm like a rasta when they're not. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but I've been around households where you know, a lot of my friends smoke, um, and I've been in households where they they smoked in the house with the kids there, and they're only like the only thing that they did to to distance the kid is like, Oh, you can't be right next to me. Right. <laughs> while I'm smoking, you can just be like, you know, like two arms length away, just not right next to me. And then yeah. I've been in some households where it's like they only smoke on the balcony, but the kids see it, they can smell it when you come in and out. So it's not hidden, but for the most part, a lot of my friends, they view they at least for themselves to make themselves feel better they view it as like it's a cultural thing that's like a, it's 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 a holy almost thing which is yeah. they know it's not because they're not rastas they're <laughs> right. I'm about. if you were rasta i'd say that. yeah that's your case but these people are not rastas but they just see it as a harmless thing where they actually think that some of them that the drinking might they might not want to be drunk in front of their kids um and then there's people that don't give a fuck you know like right. you know drunk high, whatever it's all it's all good
2: so. It's something that when we get Snoop on the show, we, we should probably delve into, just because he is like, you know, <laughs> the face of.
0: Well, of, I think he'd he'd we, go more the roster. Right? I mean, he actually did at one point, you know. So yeah. I think he sees it more as a, as a holier thing than a than not. But
1: I think yeah. I just want
2: to I want to hear from him. Thanks, <laughs> <True>. Thank you. <laughs> true, true.
1: True. I think just from a health perspective, like I wouldn't even, you know, like I wouldn't have anyone smoking cigarettes in the house, period. No way, I wouldn't have dude. anyone smoking anything in the house, period. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, again, it goes back to what I was saying about the way you consume alcohol is different than the way you... And also, it's like, how do you act? I, and and again, just like to ease point, some people don't give a shit. Like, they'll be drunk high around their kids, nope, whatever. Yeah. But you also have to analyze, like, how do you act, you know, when you're drinking? How do you act when you're smoking? Mm -hmm. um you know some people might think to themselves well i'm just i act exactly the same but you know if you're someone if you're the other person looking at him like dude you're fucked up when you're hot
0: no 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 it's true it's true man and for me the thing is too is that especially if it's a if it's an infant or a toddler like they are in total need of everything from you Mm -hmm. so you to be inebriated or, or incapacitated in any kind of way that that puts them you know at risk and and that's where the you know things like that you you know would make you feel guilty if, if you maybe party a little too much around your kids Yeah, I think that actually the, the the probably
1: the scariest part to the whole partying aspect around around your kids or just like when they're in your care is probably the sleeping part of it. Like so, if you fall asleep, if you crash out hard, Mm -hmm. like how are you able to to hear them if they need something during the night? I think that's probably like the biggest, you know, one of the biggest things for people to think about if they're you know facing those kind of dilemmas, or like how do you like if you go if you have a couple drinks or you're smoking or you're doing whatever, like how do you sleep? You know, do you end up right passing out, passing out, or are you still able to hear things? So
0: like like the place that i've found myself at even though before i ever had kids i was like i'm you know i don't I'm never gonna drink around my kids or you know i'm gonna even possibly quit drinking or slow down like obviously none of that has happened to a degree but um one of the things that i've come to find out being that we're such a small family unit is that i would love to be able to to, to move around and be able to take my child almost anywhere and everywhere to a degree you know yeah Mm -hmm. not not anywhere not a fucking festival you know but saying you know like if i'm gonna go somewhere and we're gonna you know eat dinner with some people and maybe have a couple beers you know that should be okay right and it it is okay i think to a degree Mm -hmm. but it's just when you know you might start taking it a little further and a little further and a little further and that's where you need to start to reel back a little bit and be like hey you know i'm a parent first before i'm someone trying to go out and have fun
1: yeah, yeah. It's just again, you gotta be able to check yourself.
0: You gotta be able to yeah. know,
1: like, figure out like what's what's the end game on on what right. it is you're doing. Right, or have a plan.
0: Like, if you're gonna go out with your, you know, with your significant other, you guys need to have a plan. Yeah, you know, one person's in and one person's out. Yeah, period. Right. But again,
1: some of that is just learning on the job. Right. Right. Right it's easy to think about that stuff before you have a kid and be like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I would never do X, Y and Z. But then.
0: Right. 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 No, yeah, hey, you got to go through to your trials and tribulations to be better.
1: He,
2: well, as it relates to drinking, uh, I think we might have talked about this a little bit in previous episodes. Mm. But like, do you give it a lot of thought as far as, you know, you being a drink champ and how that will manifest itself in your daughter's mind at some point in the future? Even if yeah, Absolutely. Let's, how, how does that? I mean, I can imagine, but like, how how's that conversation going to go when she's I don't know twelve, when she's got a lot I mean, more understanding about a lot of things. you mean the
0: conversation of what I used to do or what I, or that I'm still doing drink champs when she's twelve, you know that that to me isn't an, an idea that I would okay. be possibly doing it, you know, actively like being a host and having to be the drinker on the show. Maybe I'm but just producing just, or executive producing something, you know.
2: But just her knowing that that was that's a part of your life. Like right. there's gotta come a point where you almost have to explain yourself, right? So that you can that's understand right. the context behind it all. Like, what? do you play that over in your head? How no, it's, a, it's, do that? Pro-
1: it's probably a bigger conversation of just the whole thing of, like, do you come clean to your kids, like, when they're old enough to understand this stuff? Like, if they ask you, hey, have you ever, have you ever tried drugs? Have you ever done X, Y, and Z? And it's like, do you come clean with them and talk to them about it? Right. Or,
0: you know what I mean? Like, yeah, cause, yeah, I mean, look, like, part of me, you know, feels like I'm, I'm going to be pretty good to talk about this as an example because I've, I'm a person that hasn't done hard drugs. Mm -hmm. you know um with the exception of like you know smoking some weed and and i might have tried some crazy glow Uh, you didn't didn't (laughs) inhale
2: though so it's all good (laughs) right
0: but um but yeah i mean i feel you know who's who's kind of actually taught me or has been kind of a someone i could look to as an example is 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 actually paul who's frequent on our show and paul he you know my goddaughter who's like 21 i think she's about to be 22 and and you know my other goddaughters that are that are a little older as well and, and he's got five six with the with the stepchild i've seen him be pretty fucking open about his life and and his experiences and he's used it in a way would they either like he's used it where it's like you know i've been there done that which i think a lot of parents try to do mm mm-hmm. And a lot of the things, though, his kids didn't follow in those footsteps. And they kind of, when he he talks about this stuff, you know, and Paul likes to like tell stories about the past and this and that. They kind of like say, "Ah, you crazy, you know? Ah, dad's crazy. Oh, you guys were crazy." And, and and you know, I'm looking at that. I'm like, man, that's. I hope that's the way it goes for me because they don't. They know it's true, but they just like you know, you were wildin dad. You know, and they kind of take it more of a humorous side approach. of it like yeah approach to it so it it doesn't affect them and they kind of like find it that you know they they have fun with the stories they think it's interesting they think it's funny they think it's crazy and almost like it's a movie you know and it's like oh man that you was wilding out back then oh damn yeah, you crazy you know Oh, you did that oh you wild but they don't do that they don't follow suit they don't and then and they're not disappointed in their father that's
1: so a, that's key that they're not disappointed in him.
0: No, yeah. no, yeah. they're not. Because you know what? And I think this is what it all boils down to. He still, you know, held up to his obligations and responsibilities mm. to his children. I think they know that. They see that he works, you know, jobs, you know, all these different jobs that he had to work. You know, he gave up at, at some point in his passion of music to 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 take those jobs and 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 be responsible with his kids. You know, they know that him and his and the mom, at least the first three, they had you know a rough breakup. So they're seeing what the parents have gone through, and they they kind of respect them through the, for what their journey was. No matter how you know, in the end, as long as it, they realize we were okay, mm-hmm. and that that must mean something at least to someone with common sense and you know gratitude. Like you know, I I don't know. I I, I hope that that's the way that that my kid sees it, and any you know, and and I, and any kid would see it.
1: <clears throat> well, it's also in so, terms of drink champs. It's not like you're. As far as the drinking itself goes, it's pretty tame. It's not like you're passing out on on camera and everything like that. So it's not like... I mean,
0: you could pick maybe one out of 150 (laughs) episodes. Maybe it's a wild one. Um, Yeah, we're actually getting hate mail. Like, you guys don't drink enough on
2: the show anymore.
0: (laughs) I used to love it when Nori was drooling, man. What's going on? (laughs) But but, yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, I'm going to just tell her what it was. And this is what it is, you know, and... And and hopefully what she really sees is that dad followed his passion. He worked hard. He and he was able to carve out, uh, you know, a lane and a niche for himself. And and through, you know, hard work and perseverance, he was able to to create a career that was able to provide for her. And, you know, I was able to have fun while doing it, doing the things that I was doing outside of, you know, whatever work. Or what I would have done for fun you know so that's the moral of the story I hope
1: <laughs> now, now here's the here's the tricky part and uh, you know we have some time before we have to worry about that but it's like how do you how do you get across to your kids by being able to tell some of these stories about what you did when you were younger without making it seem too cool like oh, you know dad did this I, you know it's fine he was okay I can do it too or making it seem like you know, I was the man, that kind of thing. So it's like a, it's kind of a, a balance. Well, that's what Paul does. Yeah. You know, he, how, I he, want, but how does he do it? I wonder.
0: You know what? As you're saying that, I'm thinking it must be the individual kid's personality to, to how they absorb these stories. Yeah. Maybe, maybe across the board, most kids just look at their parents as like, you'll never be cool. So any story you tell me that's maybe when they're saying, are you crazy? They're really saying you're such a dork, you know, like that's, <laughs> you know, that shit ain't cool no more. You right, know, acting right. like that ain't cool, but they just laugh it off and humor him. Maybe that's what they're thinking. And, and they want to go total opposite of whatever he's saying. That could be the case too. Now I am noticing that, um, you know, like my goddaughters are, they're adults now. So now, you know, well, well, they all pretty much the, the two are adults and the other ones a young adult. But, um, You know, they're drinking now, at least the oldest definitely is, you know. And so I'm wondering, like, is there any, like, residual effects that eventually creep into their adulthood that they escaped when they were young, but maybe there's an effect down the line? You
2: know, I'm hoping not, you know. Mm. For me, the way I think I'm going to approach those things and my I mean, my past wasn't wild or anything like that, but even just talking about, you know. Drinking and smoking cigars, right? Like, right. I'm always gonna talk about the response. It's it's kind of like firearms to a, to an extent, right? It's like you got to have respect for in that case a weapon, but in this right. case, whatever you know, the drug I guess you could call it, um, yeah. you're you're ingesting alcohol being a legal one. So that you're doing it moderately and you know yourself well enough so that you're not re- – once you get to a certain point, you know that shit can go haywire. So you back off that edge, right? And so for me, it's always like I explain the reason why I do something and then I hit them with the worst-case scenario that I personally experienced or that I know somebody close to me has experienced. So it kind of gives them the the balance in the conversation Right. So far, in mild areas, that's worked, but it's never been that serious of a discussion around like you know, drugs or things related to drugs. So I'm hopeful that shit will work in my in my household.
0: Probably in the end, it's just trying to to raise the best human beings possible, so that they can navigate as adults because they're all gonna have their pitfalls. And I guess it's it's what we instill in them and how we raise them that it gives them the tools to. To get up and dust their shoulders off and keep it moving without it really affecting them too badly.
1: And so to bring it back to your initial thing, E, don't don't beat yourself up, whatever. Whatever
0: it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll try, man. It was it was pretty rough, man. Pretty rough. <laughs>
1: just just chalk it
2: up to learning and keep it pushing.
1: Well, we got a guest today, so we can we can get some more insight. Let's bring them, let's bring them on in. Yay, yeah, yay. Yeah hello mr green oh all right so we got world famous director gil green with us today gil welcome
3: okay. yeah what up yeah, what up
1: what up representative
3: indeed yeah five always all right so
2: we got we got to give him a little bit more kudos i mean because this guy's got a crazy music video and beyond. Uh, and don't director. let me throw in there. He
0: used to be a rapper too. Oh
2: shit. I didn't know that.
3: <laughs> I bring it up every time I'm around. <laughs> yeah, I, Usually it comes in about 15 minutes later, but it's, it's cool.
2: <laughs> so, from the jump. so Gil, I mean, I guess to set things off, why don't you kick a few, maybe, maybe a, a quick eight <laughs> bars of childhood raps. <laughs> he's kidding. He's kidding
3: though. I'm
2: kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs>
3: Wow! You have, to, you have to dust into the archive, the back live archive.
2: Back lives
0: to, in the building.
3: Yeah, for sure. Oh so, no, but that's cool, man. It's it's good to always know someone that um, knew me um, when we were selling chocolate bars on the street to try to raise four hundred dollars to get thirty minutes in a studio.
0: Good old days.
1: Yeah. So so, Gil. What um I guess we ask all our guests this is what what's your current family dynamic?
3: Man, I uh I am a father of two uh daughters, age ten, age seven. I'm about a month away from uh a, a newborn. Wow. Um Brandy. Yeah, so that's making scheduling very tricky. Uh, but, um, very excited. Um, I divorced and in a very good relationship now, um, I, I divorced from my two daughters, uh, baby mama, um, and, uh, you know, just learning, learning as I go and continuing to grow and learn from, from my experiences, mistakes, and, um, and, and try to, try to, try to keep, uh. Keep growing, I think, is the key word for me.
1: So, in in true fatherhoods fashion, we we actually tried to get Gil on a couple of times, but each time uh, conflicted with his putting his daughters to bed. So <laughs> we finally made it work <laughs> this time. Um, let's talk a, a little bit about the divorced dad scenario and and kind of how that played out for you and and I guess the learning the learning curve on in that end.
3: Um yeah man that it, you know it, divorce means you failed at something that you had really high hopes for um so you know what i've learned in life is 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 to embrace failures because they're opportunities to learn and grow um and, but you got to learn and grow from them or else you know you're just going to repeat yourself in the future um it's probably been one of the most painful experiences um just because, you know, when when you when you love someone and you think that you're going to be with them to the end of the time end of time and and it doesn't work out, obviously, you know, it's not something you plan for and and so um being thrown into like single dad um uh, for a hot minute was really challenging, uh, especially with two girls um, you know, having to learn how to comb hair um, you know, have those discussions with your daughter that you would probably expect a mom to have, just be like, you know, be all encompassing and everything, you know, uh, is always a challenge, but I, I, I thoroughly love it. I thoroughly enjoy it. I, I think it makes the bond that much better. Um, and, 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 and your perspective on life is really, really changes, man. You know, I mean, that happens when you have kids obviously, but, um, when when you get thrown into you know not thrown but when you when you find yourself in a situation where you're a single dad, um, it becomes even more challenging at that point. Uh, so so it's been real tough. It's, it's been it's been a challenge, um, but I love it. My my kids are everything to me. They're they're number one, and I'm a re- most like most of you guys. You know you're passionate. You, you're doing what you do because you're passionate about it. Um, but as soon as you have kids even that huge passion becomes a uh, second and, mm. and at least for me it hasn't. And that's, that's what I take out of it. So, so
2: you mentioned single dad, does that assume then that you have custody of your daughters?
3: Uh, 50% custody. Um, Got it. So, yeah. So like, you know, i i do like a split where three days of the week uh they're with me or two two days they're with me two days they're with their mom and then every other week we swap the the three-day weekend the friday saturday sunday um but you know that's you know if i could have them 100 percent of the time i would um but right. obviously i that they have their mom in their life and she's a great mom and um you know, you know, I think the more support you have for your kids, whether it's mom, auntie, uncle, grandma, you know, you know, like it's true what they say about it. it takes a village to raise a kid, raise a child. And um, so, you know, as much as I the, the most difficult thing for me, um, divorce in divorce was going from having the luxury of seeing my children every day and, and, and knowing that when I come home from work or whenever I'm home from off the road, they will be in my house to for that time being split in, in, in to 50%. And that's most challenging, man. I, I have to say every time I have to drop my daughters off, even though I know they're in great hands, it breaks my heart, uh, just because it's, it's time that, you know, I, I look at it as like once these kids get out the nest and head out to college, you know, it's mm. kind of like, you know, you, you have that amount of time until then. And and even probably less, as soon as they get like 14, 15, you probably <laughs> become like the uncool dad and, yeah. and, and so so, I'm, like, soaking in every minute um, that I can get with them, you
1: know. How, how I mean, I, I know the whole process is difficult. How did you approach or how did you and your ex approach explaining to your kids what was going on and the, the new dynamic and living situations and all that? I can imagine that was probably hard to explain.
3: Oh, yeah. Probably the worst day of my life um, was... Uh, Actually you know sitting my daughter down or both of my daughters down, I did it individually and telling them that I'm you know not gonna be in the house anymore um and and watching their face kind of like well basically cry but not even understand w- w- what am I talking about right. their whole life in that um it's it's challenging man it's 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 um just to, to conjure up those moments is like uh very difficult for me um but I've, I've always taken this philosophy where i'm very um open and honest and, and that doesn't mean to like to the point where they need to know details on why our relationship didn't work but just know that you know that um that they can talk to me about things they can ask me questions um and i am making them feel as comfortable as possible um and but you know it was challenging um it you know we involved the therapist um, just for extra support so that there's there's a comfort zone of, of a professional that can also encourage that they express their feelings. Um, but man that's that's the most difficult day of my life, honestly and and because it's not like even like you know not to say that death is 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 easy to deal with, but you can't control death. You know, it, uh, it happens when, when, when the time happens and then you deal with it, but making a decisive decision, um, that brings pain is really, is really difficult because you, you are at the control of it. You know, you're, you are making this decision to do something. Um, so that's, that's, it's really tough to deal with, uh, you know, I ain't go front. Um, but you know, I think kids are resilient and, um, my, my key to to both of my daughters has been. To always talk about it, um, to always praise their mom in the highest regard and, and never involve them in any any quarrels or, you know, reasons on why, you know, having to pick a side, uh, this or that, um, mm-hmm. and just always take the high road, man. That's, that's always been my, my thing and my advice to anyone that, you know, has to face the, that unfortunate position. And how,
1: yeah. do, how do they feel about the the, the new addition to the family coming in are they psyched by it or are they wondering like just kind of where do they fit in in the whole scheme of things how's that going uh
3: no nah, they're excited um they they have a great relationship um with my girlfriend um and they uh they're like looking forward to a little brother like they can't every time they come over they're like they want to rub the belly they want to you know I I took them to see an ultrasound the other day, and they were so excited. Um, so, for for me, it's been it's been um, a really uh, good transition in, into them understanding that you know what divorce is, and 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 being able to fall in love with another significant other, um, and that doesn't mean that their that their mom is being replaced or that their mom doesn't have the same you know, status that she will always have in their life. It, it it just means that, you know, that there's another support person that loves and cares for you. And, 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 you know, and everyone knows, and I've made it clear that, that my, my children are number one for me. So it doesn't not, there's no like, um, uh, there's no jousting for, for positions or anything. And, and it, it'll be a challenge. Cause I remember when my youngest was born, um, the, the, the first week, my, my older daughter said, oh, can we send Aaliyah back to the hospital? Because <laughs> 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 instantly, like, all her attention was, was split in the half at that point. Um, so, um, you know, that, I think that's just normal with siblings, and, and I'm sure there'll be some of that as the attention now has to get divided into thirds. Um, but, you know, the thing is, like, just encourage support, encourage love, um, and, and be conscious of everyone's feelings at all times. And, and, you know, it's not easy. Kids are not easy, um, to raise, but it, it it sure is a fun challenge. Hmm.
2: So, so Gil, when we opened the show, we started talking about, you know, guilty, guilty parenting and some of the things that kind of trigger that in us. What And then we moved into talking about, like, you know, smoking, drinking, whatever, you know, we, we kind of partake Bices, in. Yeah. yeah. And how we have those conversations with our kids around, for instance, alcohol, right, consumption around mm-hmm. them. Have you had to have any of those conversations, assuming that you even drink alcohol or do something else, um, having to explain why you do things or hide from your kids? Like it doesn't seem like you would hide. So like, how do you approach that if if that's ever come up?
3: Um. Well, you know, fortunately for me and, and most people don't believe this when I tell them. I've I've never drunk alcohol in my life. Wow! Um, liar! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no,
2: nah, man, I,
3: I had a little man of Chavez wine um, my <laughs> wedding, but um, but besides that, um, it's
0: true. He was on drink champs and didn't drink.
3: <laughs> yeah, I brought some strawberry quick. And, yeah. so, you know, and and that and that being said, is like it's not it's not a religious thing. I'm not Muslim. Um, and, you know, I, I it's more it's more just like it, it's never been. Uh, I never had the inclination to drink um, or smoke weed, even mm. though I hang around a lot of uh, a lot of alcoholics and a lot of weed heads. And, um, you know, I, I just never never did it in my life, so you know, but my kids, they'll see people come over and they'll drink and I don't discourage it. Like I don't preach to anyone, like don't drink, like, um, and I just explain to them, you know, they'll make their decisions when they're old enough, um, to drink or, or like, you know, if it gets to the conversation of smoking or whatever, you know,
2: you yeah. know, I just
3: educate, I'm trying to educate them on eating the proper foods, but as of now, um, as you know, kids can be picky. Um, and, and get hooked on sugar real quick as most of us can so um, but you know in, in regards to like uh, some of like the vices that that, that we deal with um, I mean I've had to have conversations where, where like my oldest one was asking about sex and I think she asked what like a condom was and, and you know it's like was she I don't know if she found a condom or you know I was talking to her about condoms and, and stuff so I am really open like to me I am like I'm the parent that has the discussion about the birds and the bees because I want my daughters to to hear it from me before some kid on the playground um tells them how it is and and they start getting other information um just like and I just you know I had I had to talk with my daughter about periods cuz she was just asking about it and she was curious and I just felt like you know she, if she's asking then explain it and it's natural so um just communicate communicate and you, you need to help manny with that yeah, manny's that's having his, that's
1: it, his biggest fear right now <laughs> yeah his he
2: has a, his you're my idol fear. right now <laughs> Gil, you're, you're my idol
3: man you know what i did i, I looked at it as, as like you know you can go to the park and you see a dog humping another dog and and, and so so i we have a dog and 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 you know it's a male dog, and and I didn't believe in neutering him, so he's kind of horny all the time, and he'll jump <laughs> and try to hump everything. And, and I mean, um, I guys. just had to, yeah, I had to explain to him. I was like, "Yo, this is this is natural. This is how babies happen, and you see dogs do it. Well, you know, humans do it too." Mm. And, and, I, and I approached it from it being a, just a natural thing. Like um, and and what I found is like, you know, like kids like that, man. It's just like they just like to be told it uh, told answers to their questions and, and, um, you know, I think like, even like their mom was a little bit hesitant to have that conversation. And I, I kept putting it off so that they can have it with their mom. Um, but in the, in the course of being divorced, it wasn't happening. So um, my daughter just kept asking me about sex and sex and, and what it is and, and how do power babies really come and how do they come in that. I just used clinical words, man. I was like, a man has a penis, a woman has a vagina, Dog, boy dogs have penises, girl dogs have vaginas, and this is what happens. You put it in, there's a sperm. I did it from a very fine the- <laughs> <laughs>
0: He Damn. He had the whole sex ed conversation. <laughs> oh, I got to go, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> he had the mannequin, yeah, but- he had the, the, <laughs> the graphics. <laughs>
2: But Gil, this is this is a conversation you were having with your your twelve year old. Is that correct?
3: It was like she was in first grade at the time, so she was seven.
2: Wow. Oh, shit.
3: Seven. But she was asking about it cause somebody must have said something in school, right? Or she might have heard something. My biggest fear, honest, is the internet.
1: Right. And
3: that that's my biggest fear because like I when I do treatments for like writing music videos and I need to pull up pictures um, to put in the treatments, man, I'll just Google search like. Fly girl, and hmm. all of a sudden you're getting all kinds of porno pics popping up. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, Yo, if it's this easy, if it's this easy, like that's a conversation I don't want to have to have right now. Like, you know, why is why is it going in the butt or something like that. Like, uh, like that? You know, like, but that's what comes up now. Try so to make I that clinical all these locks. <laughs> Yeah, nah, and, and, and so I have all these locks on. Um, on the internet like they have all these parent things that you can get i, I don't let them search um youtube i don't let them search google i, I, I took that off their like little iphones or iPads.
1: what about music
3: that, That's my scary thing.
1: are you, are you uh, uh filtering the music or, or how's that go
3: yeah for the most part but they hear they they do hear songs um and now i i told them what i do um is is when the curse word comes they recognize it um is to just do like censor it as you're rapping it yourself Mm. um so they do a good job like like i don't know man you y'all like i'm hip-hop 100 but i'm like i think i'm like stuck in public enemy brand newbie in hip-hop man That's like like you won't you don't i don't i don't say the n word in my house you know i i know some people think it's cool or some people think it's a term of endearment you know in in my particular house um you know my father raised me that 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 word is disrespectful um and so even though like it's in 90% of hip hop songs and even songs that I'm rapping to and wanna wanna say it because it goes with the flow i'll censor myself from saying it so so like I'm just trying to teach them to be conscious of it. Like you're going to, I'm not going to be able to prevent them from hearing bad words. Just recognize that, that if someone's using a bad word, it's because they're not eloquent enough to explain themselves with, with words that exist. And so, so basically I'm just trying to say like, uh, you know, you don't have to say it. You can recognize it. It's there. You can censor it and you can even enjoy the song. Um, but man i'm just i'm just trying man it probably they will probably will probably be have a have a potty mouth by the time they're in the eighth grade but yeah.
1: <laughs> and how are you how are you able to juggle just your work life balance i know that's something that we've always talking about here especially if you know you don't have a typical nine to five type gig and you know it's like when there's work to get done you, you, you oftentimes you got to go do it so how, how does how does that work for you
3: and that's the most difficult thing um case in point, like I'm up for this really really great job um in um in l a um and it's like a commercial job with a big artist and and commercials where I'm really trying to make a push lately in my career um but like I mean this is a little different but it's it's coming around the same time that the baby's supposed to be born um mm-hmm. and so I might have to actually you know. Pass on a job that like is one of those one of those one of those gem jobs that you never want to pass on. But you know, it's, it's about priorities. And, and what I said earlier is about once you have children, all of a sudden, like these things that you dream about that you work hard your whole life, um, they really do become trivial um, when you have like a little soul that looks up to you as the best thing in the world. Um, so for me, like. Birthday parties, um, you know, obviously births, but even like vacays, you know, I've actually passed on jobs. I probably, you know, I probably would be a lot further in in some of my goals and careers um, where I would like to be like as far as transitioning into feature films and and stuff like that um, if I didn't have that responsibility. But, you know, it is my responsibility and... And so that becomes first priority, man. So it's, it's, that's the most difficult thing, the most challenging thing. Um, you know, I've had to like sacrifice time that, you know, I still got to pay the bills. So so I can't pass on all jobs. So sometimes I'll, I'll do a job and I'll lose time with them, but I'll make sure I FaceTime them. And, you know, you know, if they're not with me, I'm FaceTiming them usually every night. Um, but, um, it, it pays off, man, because they we're we're so connected. You know, me and my, me and my girls are really connected. Damn, yeah. <laughs> I'm
2: just uh, as you're speaking, Gil. I'm thinking about like when I travel, and then how, you know, how how you I have those same emotions, right? And then the connectivity through something like a FaceTime. It doesn't solve for the lack of, you know, the personal touch, having them in the physical space. But, man, does it really, like, help? Because otherwise, you're, you know, speaking on the phone is leaps and bounds different than FaceTime. And that feels a lot more closer.
0: And one of the other things, Gil, that we've talked about in the past, and, you know, I probably, I'm the newest father here on the fatherhoods. I have an 11-month-old. And wow. you're, you're not when when you're a creative and and you're your own, you know, businessman, you know, you're, you're independent. How do you keep that mojo? How do you keep the, up that creativity when now you're like in this whirlwind of, of being a parent, especially as a first time parent? But now that you're you're about to be three times over, how, how were you able to f- keep that creative, you know, bugging you to 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 create? Because I see it like difficult. Right now, at least in, in in this eleven month period that I'm in, and you're feeling guilty, right? And guilty, exactly. When you're trying to be creative and you're trying to carve out that space to be more creative,
3: yeah, man, I feel for you. I I, I, I mean, I get it. I get it, and it's, it's frustrating. Um, I I think the secret or or a tactic that I've been able to do is to try to involve them in my work. So, for instance, like for Parents Day, uh, that they, they had a they had like. Go to go to work with your parents day, um, and I was doing a Nicki Minaj video, um, and and so uh, I had to write the treatment for the Nicki. It was Jason Derulo featuring Nicki Minaj, um, and the and the topic the song is called Swalla. You know, not the most <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um. So so I knew what I knew. I knew what I wanted the concept to be, which was going to be this metaphor on swallowing candy, right? And making it all sexy with candy. And, and so, so I, I had the kids come to my job and, and I told them, I was like, I have to write a concept for a treatment. Um, and I need ideas. I need your help. And we want to think about all candy. Like I need to do a video about candy. Cause the song is about a girl that likes candy so much. <laughs> wants to eat it all the time. <laughs> i can't i can't wait
2: i can't wait till we fast forward (laughs) did you use technical words
3: (laughs) yo it was it was crazy man so the kids were hyped they were really hyped they brainstormed they wrote all the favorite candies down lollipops this this and i incorporated it into the actual treatment um Sometimes I would put ideas in their head so that they they would think it's their idea, but I was still involving them in the whole idea of like what it is like to be a director and come up with ideas, and so right. so they got to understand what writing a treatment was on a very sexually explicit um, <laughs> song, and then um, and then I actually had them on that weekend we were shooting, and I and I brought them to the tech scout uh, so they could see the set and see it be- being built. And then they just went crazy because they saw this huge room filled with every kind of candy. Um, mm-hmm. And so for them, it was like, Oh, we, we conceptualized it. Now we're seeing it on a set. And I'm, I mean, there was like every cool. kind of lollipop. And now and later you can imagine. And, um, and so I, I still haven't let them see the final video because I think it's too explicit. Um, right. and, but you know, I, I involved them in the process. um, you know, and so I think what it is, is is time management is the most challenging. You know, getting back to your original question, the frustration of staying creative but having to be a parent and having to make dinner, or, and also you know do creative work um, and and being exhausted and tired, and and so it, it's really about a balance of time. Um, you know, creativity for me comes when I'm I'm listening to music. And I do that with the kids all the time. I'm, you know, every time I get a new song in, they're listening to it. I ask them what their ideas would be. Um, so I, I, I guess what I'm trying to do is, is basically merge a little bit of the, the of, of allowing them to see what my work is like. Um, and and you know, it's it's challenging, man. It's frustrating. I I, I completely agree, agree with you how it can it can mess your mojo up. Um, but I think you go in waves and I think creative people go in waves and you might have writer's block. You you have writer's block one month and then, and then boom, you're going, to you know, all of a sudden you're going to have a spark of creativity. Um, but you know, I don't know. I'm going to I'm about to have a newborn, you know, and I don't think I'm going to be sleeping at all. So, uh, you know, ask me this question. Yeah. Come back and check in with us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: you see, we see create we created fatherhoods as uh, to help you know relieve some of that stress and and help uh free up some of that creative mojo. <laughs> keep, keep, tell, tell me, tell me how how you balance it, man. I'd like to know some of
3: the, some of the some of your guys. I balance. mean, I'm
0: yeah, the other guys. I'm I'm still you know, mine's a baby, so I'm still trying to figure it out. But these guys could probably help
1: more. I mean, you are figure. I mean, but you're in the midst of it right now, so you are able to figure it out, or you just kind of. It's just. Do you feel like there's any kind of uh, me person, method to I the just, madness of what you're doing right now?
0: I just not. I'm. I'm always feeling like I'm behind, where I could be creatively and and efficiently, and and everything have encompassing. You know the world of of, of what I'm working on in business and 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 art. So, and and I don't feel too guilty about it because you know at the end of the day it's kind of like everything Gil said when you have a child that becomes first priority. Right. So I don't feel guilty, but at the end but the flip of it is I feel like a person who has like a regular 9 to 5, they can just, you know, hey, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to clock out and that's when I see my kid. You know, and it just becomes like, you know, a normal thing, but when when it's all on you and especially if you're in this industry that's, you know, I call, you know, just, just the world of art, let's say. No matter what you're doing in the arts, the arts just like how how uh, creativity comes in waves, so does uh, funding, and the arts come in waves. Yeah. You know, so you know, you even, when you could be good in, in one moment, you know, while you're doing this stuff, and then the next moment something changes, and you're you know you're back on the low, and you gotta figure it out again. So that's just the difference now. Sure, now how I have about, a how about not,
3: even, not even having the liberty to like be able to flex out like when you like you know obviously we go to a lot of events at night, you know, right. Like, I mean, I probably never see any of y'all. I don't think I've been... You know, cats come down to Miami and they hit me up thinking I know what's popping in Miami. And I have no idea, man. <laughs> oh, How no. no yeah, lives, for sure. Is still going on or or, or what the heck is? And, and that that's probably, you know, the biggest challenge. Because honestly, man, right now, for where I want to be in my career, I'd probably be living in either New York or L.A. Um, right. But I... I, you know, I'm committed to being a father to my two daughters, and I can't just get up and switch cities um, for the next 18 years or, or 15 years or so. So so I'm going to have to figure it out this way. And that's the most challenging thing because I know when, especially for us, like if you're in those, in those hubs, things pop off quick. So when I take a trip to New York, man, honestly, man, I probably have like 20 meetings in one day, um, which, which would normally take, you know, four or five days just because I'm trying to get it in, um, I'm there, but that's the most challenging thing is, is not having the freedom and that, you know, like you said, most nine to fivers have a job, they come home and then they have a routine. They take the garbage, they, they read the book to the kids. Like it's, it's, it's routine. Um, and then we've chosen this life that's, um, very like non-routine and, 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 you know, you know, we get an invite. Like I I feel bad because I I haven't been able to come see your movie, man. I wanted to come to the Miami film festival and check out, you know, check out that flick and, and support. And, and, and if, if I'm never there, it's it's usually because uh, I'm, I have a, you know, I'm with my kids and I can't get, I can't, can't do it. I can't get out.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, that's exactly what it is. What were you going to say, Kay? No, I was just going to say, I think for me,
1: like I, I started learning how to almost create these, uh, short-term routines like i started the the whole newborn scenario that threw me threw me off for about a year Mm -hmm. you know and and then after then after a while i just kind of um i just i guess that old saying this too shall pass like just started like embracing um knowing that a lot of the 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 scheduling and the routines everything is pretty much temporary so it was just trying to figure out like whatever whatever the phase was that we were going through with um the age of my son you know how do how do I create some kind of routine that works for for that moment or for that kind of short term knowing that that you know his schedule and the way he operates is gonna change any minute, so it's almost like you have to be adaptable but still try to figure out like. You know, all right, if he's sleeping earlier now, then that means that, you know, I'm going to have my nights to really kind of dive in and do things. So I'm going to create, you know, I'm going to form this new routine based on these new kind of schedules and challenges that are going on.
2: For me, unlike you, Bozos, and Gil soon will be in these same waters. You got again. Yeah. I got three kids, right? And so. And they're all living in the same household. So for me, I just I've learned to forgive myself for not completing something
1: that I, nice. was,
2: that I was <laughs> that that I was you know super aggressively trying to pursue, right. and and that that gets conflicting sometimes because I'm a big per I'm a person that's big on meeting expectations that I set with particularly with others right. So if it's a job or what have you, I don't I don't let that shit go by the wayside. But at the same time, there comes a point where I mean, you got a three-year-old yanking at you from one side, five-year-old on the other, and the 12-year-old needs X, Y, and Z to be taken X, Y, and Z. You, when they team up like that, I'm like, all right, this shit can wait. If I have to excuse myself from some, you know, with someone, I do so. But then I just give them that attention because then I let a lot of regret and all this shit pile up, and that's, that devastates me. At the end of the day, and if I'm not good, I can't give them anything good. So I just, for, you know, learn to forgive yourself within reason, right? Because you can't just be fucking every every time something happens, just drop shit and not tend to your responsibilities. But like Gil, man, that's a number one.
3: And what what's your support? I'm curious to know what your like support like um, with you know you got you have like wifey in the house grandmother like yeah so so mine so it's, it's
2: interesting so i i yeah i have my wife and she is absolutely the backbone her i'd say google calendar shared calendar is like super okay. clutch and then now okay. I, I move i moved back to new york so now i've got my my mom who's like 45 minutes away so but previously i was in cali and in miami before that and we had and California was the desert. We had nobody. So, for mm-hmm. me, that was our test. It was like, all right, we had two kids approaching our third. And that's when my wife and I's bond, like, elevated. And so, I've, I've got maximum support.
3: Yeah, that's key. That's key. Yeah.
2: For sure.
1: Yeah, I'd say we're all, all three of us are lucky that we have, you know, we're, we're in households where it's, you know, mom and dad. So, that that's right. good. Right gives everyone some some teamwork yeah
2: (laughs) yo gil um we're about to wrap up to let you get back to your family what what if anything do you want to share about what your projects are where people can check for your stuff like what's coming up like share share away
3: um yeah um you know i'm still still doing my thing on the directing tip um I one uh, of the recent music videos done. I just worked with Camila Cabello and mm. Alejandro Sanz, who's a, you know a huge Spanish singer. Nice. Um, did another one with Pitbull, who's like family down here, and Ludacris and Romeo, uh, not Romeo, um, and uh, Royce. Mm. And um, so, so you know, staying busy with the videos. Uh, always loving to work with new artists. Um, also, just doing commercials. I just got back from India. We're speaking of like that was. A oh, I saw you weeks. posting. Yeah, man, India is popping, especially on the hip hop tip. Man, they have this.
0: Yeah, I want to go. Man. Film
3: out called uh, Gully Boy, mm. uh, which is actually executive produced by Nas, and it's their version of like Eight Mile. Oh wow. Um, yeah, so so I was fortunate enough to do a Budweiser commercial out there with some of the um, stars of that movie, um, and that took me away from my my family for two weeks. Um, and um, but you know, again, it was like one of those jobs that pays the bills, and and um, so it was a lot of FaceTime, and and it, that was difficult for the FaceTime because. You know that the, the time zones are so different. They're like, mm. you know, night is day and day oh, yeah. is night over there. Yeah, so. it's like a whole nother day. <laughs> yeah, so I would I would be like hitting them up early in the morning. But um, on the work tip, you know, staying busy with commercials and really what I'm aiming to do is push into uh, feature films and TV. Um, I have some stuff that I've been working on when I do get a second um, and and can be creative um, that that is where I want to go. If, if you know a lot of the videos that I've done, a lot of them um, have to do with, like, Miami or culture or subcultures, like, like the hip-hop culture or even just, like, not your mainstream culture. So right. in that vein, I want to take um, feature films or, you know, now nowadays TV programming is, is you know, is just as hot um, and build out characters and... and and bring my perspective as someone that grew up in this really cool, uh, city, you know, Miami, um, in a, in a time when, when, um, you know, hip hop before it was mainstream and it was like, you know, you had cast like EFN doing his thing and, 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 um, you know, you know, you had to see, search and find all the little pockets. Yeah. So that's what I bring out into the screen. You know, my, my thing has always been, um, been writing and narrative more so than documentary um, stuff. Um, so that I'm, I'm a little bit more into like character development and creating stories. So you get to do it on a, on a music video, you get to do it for three minutes, but the ultimate mm-hmm. goal is to do it for 90 minutes in a movie theater and capture people's attentions and take them on a ride and into another world. So that's, that's my focus right now.
2: Father. That sounds the like, movie. I was just about to say, that sounds like <laughs> Fatherhood's the movie.
3: <laughs> Word up.
0: <laughs> or, the com- or the comedy, it could be the comedy. Right. <laughs>
2: or the episodic series. <laughs> Yo, Gil, man, it was, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you for being so candid with us, man, and, and sharing those experiences. Those are, those are gold for us.
0: And you're welcome anytime, so
1: please come check back in with us. Yeah, if you need some, uh, any, any sa- sounding board for, for you when you're in newborn style.
3: Right. No, nah, I, fellas, I, I appreciate um, you know that, that you invite me to, to share my thoughts, my life, um, insights. I'm learning from you know I'm learning as I'm going, and um, I appreciate both of your friendships throughout the career. You know, throughout throughout like our careers simultaneously. And man, I, you guys are family. So anytime you just, just let me know, I'm here.
0: Thank you, brother. Appreciate Thanks, it, man. man. Yep. All, All right, right y'all.
1: Take it easy,
2: brother. Later. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one.
3: Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child.